Good morning, Mikey's. Good morning, Misty. Hello. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday to you. You know what? Monday to you. Monday, Monday. Happy Monday to you. Should we just uh, call in sick today and watch TV instead? You know, I would like that. Yeah? Yeah. What do you want to watch? It's like not anything on HBO, probably. I was going to say, you'd probably watch maybe The Sopranos, and yeah. I'd watch Sex in the City. I realized last night, life's too short to watch something twice. Nuh-uh. That is not true. That's my policy. We just had that conversation, because I think I'm going to start watching my yearly viewing of The West Wing again. Well, I'm going to watch The East Wing for the first time. <laughs> Today, which is not on HBO. It's not actually a show called The East Wing. Today we're talking about HBO, the history, facts, and shows that have come along since its inception in... The early 70s. The early 70s. Home box office mm -hmm. is today's topic, right after we snap our hands. Are we ready to begin? Good morning! My name is Misty. Come on, Ike, it's time. We would be honored if you would join us. Greatest adventure of all time. We just become best friends. Yep. Come on, let's get in the character. What are you waiting for, huh? Oh, come on! All right. All right. So. HBO. Yeah, we're doing this because this was the day that HBO launched Home Box Office. Um. Today, HBO has 130 million subscribers worldwide and a presence in at least one third of all American homes. Hmm. But it started with 365 households in the Pennsylvania area when it originally started and debuted in 1972. 360, huh? 365. Wow. Yeah. What kind of shows can you make with 10 bucks a month? Right. Times 360. That's interesting. Right. Yep. Um, so basically, they started off with the same number of homes as we have episodes. Yes, that's correct. Interesting. Yeah. Did you know that it was originally called The Green Channel? What? I mean... That's a dumb name. TGC it doesn't have the same ring it, as HBO. No. Why? Uh, kicking off this list, which I'm on uh, thethings.com. Kicking off this list is the fact that HBO was originally called the Green Channel. Cable television advocate Charles Dolan realized, we've said his name a bunch on this show, I think, uh, realized that there was a market for a premium station offering movies and sporting events. And after they got an investment from Time Inc., the Green Channel was renamed to Home Box Office so that viewers would better understand what it offers. Interesting. So, yeah, if they just wanted to show that they were going to have movies... And, and sporting events and special stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a box office at home. And that's why you have to huh. have a separate box for it. Uh, yeah. No, box office is where you get your tickets. That's, I was like, mm <laughs> So HBO um, beamed their first live sporting event in 1972. It was a New York Rangers versus the Vancouver Canucks hockey game. Hockey. Hockey. But <laughs> before the hockey game... The channel had their first film, which was called Sometimes a Great Notion, which was a 1971 drama about lumber unions starring Paul Newman and Henry Fonda. Like a first HBO original? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was an original, but it was the first time I think that you could get a movie that had been in the theaters at home without a VCR and all of that. Whoa. Like straight to your TV. Um, uh, Paul Newman directed the film. Which also made it interesting because he starred in it as well. Is this before or after his um, fantastic salad dressing? 
Uh, I believe that this was quite a bit before. Quite um, a bit. In the, let's see here, HBO was launched in November 72 uh, for almost a whole decade. It provided programming for only nine hours of the day. In 1981, <laughs> HBO offered a 24-hour programming as their competitor Showtime was already doing it at the Ooh. time. And HBO wanted to match their competition. Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. Like it. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we did an episode about Havana syndrome and how they think that maybe it was the use of um, microwave waves, rays. Um, HBO initially used microwaves to get their signal out. Hmm. Satellite technology was not very reliable back then. So HBO distributed its signal via microwaves. Satellite offered a far greater reach at less of an expense. So when the channel started getting more subscribers, they began using satellite out of necessity. By 1977, the service had 600,000 people signed up. Wow. So from 365 in 72, five years later, 600,000. That's pretty good success. Not too shabby, HBO. Um, they made history. Uh oh. In really? 1999 at the Emmys. Okay. HBO wrote history with their crime drama, The Sopranos, as oh. no cable drama had ever been nominated for a Best Drama Series Emmy until The Sopranos premiered in 1999. Pretty Se- cool. Uh, in 1999. Season of The Sopranos. The, again, where are the editors? Sopranos are a big deal. Yeah. They got 16 nominations, and throughout its entire run, the show was nominated 112 times. That's insane. Out of which it won 21 times. As it should have. Should have won more. What's your favorite HBO show? That's a tough one. I know. Sopranos is up there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones is up there. Okay. I was going to say I would be shocked if you didn't say Game of Thrones. I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. I mean, obviously mine is a... As of me, as Sex in the City. Um, yeah. I just finished with The White Lotus, which is one of their newest. Is that any good? It's so good. Yeah. Yes. I like Steve Zahn. <laughs> He's so fantastic in this. Yeah. And Connie Britton mm-hmm. will just blow your mind. Um, it, it's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just they keep really getting better and better and better. I'm not a big sports guy, but I like Hard Knocks. Mm, okay. And I, I watch John Oliver every week, mm-hmm. except for last. Well, as we're recording this last week, they just didn't put an episode up and didn't say why. Maybe John Oliver needed a break. There's been a lot going on in the world. He did, however. I think he's moving back to his set from the Blue Void that he was recording. Mm. This is months ago, guys. This right, is boring. Right. Um, did you know that they tried to have a spinoff, an HBO spinoff channel? Uh, well, don't they have like five versions of it? HBO. Like yes, but the two. initial first spinoff was a bomb. Oh, really? Um, they wanted to launch a family-oriented channel, and they named it Take Two in 1979. Um, it only lasted a year. It did not go well. Hmm. Um, however, the next year, in 1980, they decided to offer a stronger brand and debuted Cinemax. Oh. So instead of going family, they went all the way the other direction to popcorn porn. Ow, brown chicken, brown cow. Um, and now they've combined forces. Yeah. HBO well, Max. Yeah, which is 
Cinna, really HBO. Me, yeah. Well, they just brought it all under one on yeah. one app. Right. I mean, eventually, if, in five years from now, everything will be like the TV app, and like it'll go all the way back to. I, I kind of use my Apple TV that way now. It can show you all of the different apps that you have for right. streaming, and you can search it all within Apple TV. It's pretty cool. I just think one. One company, either Disney or Amazon, is just going to end up buying totally. everything, and you're just going to totally. pay one fee to get it all. I hope so. I mean, um, you know, that's just kind of like cable. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking uh. of uh, the Emmys, we were just talking about. Yes. Tell uh, me they more. did it again with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones holds mm -hmm. the record for most Emmy awards for a drama series. Yep. Yep. And sorry, I'm drinking this gas water. Uh oh, gas water. Sparkly. Me too. I just have a different kind. Yeah. HBO is certainly uh, no stranger to writing history, and their fantasy drama Game of Thrones holds the record for the most Emmy Awards for a drama series. Game of Thrones has been holding this record since September 22nd, 2019, when they won 12 awards, raising their total to 59. This record uh, is yet to be broken by any other show. That seems to go, be going without saying. Um, so the first thing that they put on TV outside of sports, their first live event coverage in 1973. Can I guess? Yeah. Just off the top of my head. I think it's the 1973 Pennsylvania Poke Festival. You're a Poke jerk. Festival. <laughs> <laughs> what if I did guess and got that right? I would, uh, that'd be it. We'd be done. I'd be like, we know everything in the world now. We're getting close. Yeah. Um, it was a three-hour endurance test <laughs> of people poking. Poking? poking. Uh, coincident or not, subscribership fell from 14,000 that year down to 8,000. Maybe it was because of the poker fest. I mean, that'll do it. Yep. Sorry, making it. Do you know um, why Showtime and the Movie Channel happened? I don't. I think Showtime happened on its own, right? Nope. With 12 million subscribers in 1983, HBO was increasingly becoming a destination for filmgoers. Frightened by that, three major studios, Paramount, Warner, and MCA, teamed with Viacom to launch two competing pay television services, Showtime and the Movie Channel. Their strategy was to force HBO to pay more for their rights to their films or make them exclusive to their own channels. As it turns out, neither rival really lost. In 1987, HBO got the library of Paramount titles for their viewers and paid the studio a half a billion dollars for the privilege. So they got scared and decided to make their own pay, pay channels. Hmm. Yeah. And now everybody has their own app. Exactly. Do you know oh, they how got, the times have changed? They got hacked in 1986. I did not know that. What? Tell me about that. On this. April 27th, 1986, an electrical engineer and business owner called John R. McDougal. Oh, John McDougal. He hacked the HBO satellite signal during the film The Falcon and the Snowman. Great. great Under movie. the pseudonym Captain Midnight, he managed to share a message <laughs> on the screen which broadcast for four and a half minutes. Wow, that's a long hack. And was seen by the eastern half of the United States. And here's what it says. Good, Good evening, evening, HBO. From Captain Midnight. Twelve ninety five a month? No way. <laughs> Showtime movie channel. Oh, man. Beware. I like Mr. McDougal. That's pretty great. He's a hacker. He's just like, nope. I'm not going to pay twelve ninety five for this garbage. Uh, wow. Whoa. What? Are you familiar with the show Mad Men? Oh, 
Am I ever? Great show. Hamaconda. HBO passed on it. What? Yeah. HBO uh, has certainly given us some incredibly unique and famous shows that once shows one that they... Is it Wednesday? I can't read today. It's okay. One that they passed on is Mad Men. Matthew Weiner, not to be confused with Weiner, who... (laughs) who worked as a writer and producer on The Sopranos, wrote Mad Men, didn't know that, and his script was passed along to the executives at HBO. However, the channel decided to say no to the project, and Mad Men was picked up in 2006 by AMC. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say that HBO certainly regretted this move as Mad Men went on to be a super successful show. Heck Mad yeah. Men launched AMC. Yeah, it did. And then after, after Mad Men, they did Walking Dead mm-hmm. and the meth thing. Breaking Bad. Breaking Benjamin. And they did a lot of great shows after Mad Men. Oh, Mad Men. So good. It makes sense, though, that someone who was on the writing team for an ensemble like The Sopranos would write another ensemble like Mad Men. Yeah, completely. Mad Men was so good. It's so good. I never finished it. Oh, man. The last episode is one of my favorite all-time finales ever. Like, it's just... It's incredible. Do you want me to tell you? No. Okay. I've always thought I would go back and check it you out. You need to go back and at least watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just can't remember. It's the same with Walking Dead. I, I don't remember what season I left off on. And I'm like, not. You know, you could skip season. all of that and actually just watch the finale and still understand it. Uh, you could. Okay. I promise. It's, it's, I mean, it's a great standalone episode. Um, mm. Yeah. Did you know that they dumped the original Game of Thrones pilot? They dumped it? Like they said, nope, we're not, that's not it. We're not airing it. Wow. Um, they viewed footage of the 2009 pilot that was adapted from George R.R. R. Martin's fantasy saga. Mm-hmm. All the execs were unhappy with the results. So before nearly scrapping the entire series, they decided to reshoot the pilot, including a partial recast. Um, Emilia Clark, who plays Dana Reese, was among those who came in for the revised pilot. So mm. some of those characters or who who the people that were playing them yeah. were not who were in the original pilot. And you didn't actually see the original pilot. It was a whole different pilot. Can't wait till that gets leaked on the internet. I'm surprised it hasn't already. You know the whole deal behind that, right? Like leaking things on the internet? No. Oh. <laughs> behind Game of Thrones, like people had been hitting up Martin for a million years oh, trying yeah. to get the rights. Yeah. And these two guys that ended up creating Game of Thrones, they met. They finally got a meeting with him. They had written written a spec script, and he was like, "You can make this TV show if you can tell me who." And he asked them a riddle. He's like, "Who is the the mother of this person?" Because it's a it's not real right. clear, and you have to sort it out and figure it out and get really deep into the canon. And they guessed and got it right, and they were granted granted permission to make the show. That is actually super fantastic. There's a lot of super cool stuff behind Game of Thrones, and I'm going to get you onto it one day. It will be my greatest victory. It will be. Well, I think that's the perfect thing to end this episode on right there. Yeah. You just did it. That's, I mean, cool trivia. Cool trivia, bro. Cool trivia, bro. (laughs) So that's 15 minutes about HBO. Everything that you might have never wanted to know. Yeah. But you do now. And now we know together. And now we all know. And don't forget to go back and find the episode uh, and like it. So, Misty, if enough, I got to figure out what episode it is. But if enough people like it, Misty will watch A Game of Thrones per 100 likes. Yep, one episode per 100 likes. Tomorrow, it's going to happen. I mean, it's just going to happen. Tomorrow is all about... 
The history of bobbleheads. Bobbleheads. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. They're uh, so funny. Uh, happy Moon Day to you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.